you in the name of all that is good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Thank you, Anne. You sang like you know God. No question. No question. Taking you back to the time that I first entered college many years ago. And I had come from, you know, a challenging environment and, you know, what we consider an inner city school didn't have a lot of resources. I guess you say at that time, I was uh, one of the big fish in a little pond. But then I ended up going to uh, what we consider a prestigious university. And I was a little tiny fish in a huge pond. And it seemed that everyone there knew more because I was struggling at the time. And I would look around and seem like everyone knew more. They were better prepared. And I probably had what they would call the imposter syndrome, asking myself, what in the heck am I doing here? Of course, that later on, I talked with other people. They had the same feeling. They just didn't show it. But I had a classmate who did really well. And he came from a very challenging background as well. He came from outside the country. And I noticed that he was always in the library. And he put in a lot of effort. And he did really well. So I said, well, I'm going to do what he does. I'm going to go there and try to follow him and just stay there in the library as long as he did. And so I'd get up early and go have breakfast. I'd go to the library. He was already there. I'd be hanging in there for a few hours. And then I'd go to lunch. And I'd see him still sitting over there working. I come back from lunch, he's still there in the same spot. I go to dinner, and I didn't think he left at all because I'd come back and I ask myself, does this dude even eat? So I decided to ask him, how you do it? And he went back to tell me that he comes from a very, you know, poor village uh, or town that he lived in outside the country. Yeah, life was hard for him. And that many of the things that we take for granted, like, like water, were sometimes hard to come by. And he rarely had any books at school. But he decided that he was going to be an engineer, which is one of the hardest majors, I think, at the time when I was in school. And I imagine that he said to me that he saw when he could make a difference to his community and his country. And he said that was fueled him. 
It kept him enthused when he thought he would give up. And as I look back now, I realize he demonstrated the power of zeal. Now we're looking at our fourth week of our series based on the text, Divine Audacity, by Linda Martella Whitsett. And there, today we're looking at the, the powers and the faculties of zeal, the power of power. And those of you last week, Reverend Deborah talked about will and imagination. She did a phenomenal job with that. But this week we look at zeal. Zeal means it's something that's directed in energy. It's focused on an ideal. And normally when we think of zeal, we think of high energy and, and, and manifesting the outer world that way. And yes, it does show up often like that. Yet zeal originates something within us. It is an inner flame. It is a single devotion to one's purpose. So it starts with that inner flicker and then outwardly expresses as that high vibrational energy or zeal. You know, another word for zeal is enthusiasm. And enthusiasm comes from the Latin term, I think, entheos, which means in God. And when we begin to stay enthused about life, then that sense of separation that we sometimes have from this source, this power we call God, begins to dissolve. Like a fog dissolves before the rising sun. In that sense of separation, you know, we, we, we eliminate fear, we eliminate doubt, we, 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 we eliminate that whenever we get involved in the zeal. Because when we lift our vibration, that doubt, that fear begins to dissolve, begins to dissipate. And that fog dissolves like Moses parting the Red Sea because it's unclouded by any sense of lack or any sense of limitation. I was reminded of this when I thought about a boxing promoter. His name was Don King. I don't know if you know Don King. He had the hair that was like electrified. It's almost like he stuck his fingers in a socket, electricity, and you know, his hair would just fly up like that. And he was extremely successful. He had a lot of other things going on too, but he was basically successful. And, and people asked him, what is the basis of your success? And he said, you know, enthusiasm. Because if you set yourself on fire, the whole world will come to watch you burn. <laughs> he was speaking figuratively, of course. But what we're seeking to do is set ourselves on fire internally with zeal. And then let the doubts and the fears and the worries begin to burn away as life bears witness to the presence and the love of God that is everywhere present. I call it omniactive. You know, the co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore, when he was 94 years young, said that I fairly sizzle with zeal, energy, and enthusiasm, eager to do that which ought to be done by me today. He captured that zeal. I'm going to capture that zeal when I'm 94 too. But I think that's what my college classmate had done. He captured that inner power, that inner zeal, because he had a divine purpose that he was working on. But he went within first. I noticed they always spent a lot of time just connecting. And I believe that we have to do the same or do exactly what the butterfly does. The butterfly kind of has like solar panel wings. And every morning, I imagine it wakes up and spreads its wings and it absorbs the sunlight from the sun. 
And when it's full, it goes throughout the course of the day, flower to flower, flapping and just being beautiful. We wake up every day and we're here to stretch our spiritual wings, so to speak, by coming in alignment with the Son of God within the very soul of our being. And we do that. Then we become fueled by this presence and this enthusiasm that's within us becomes very real for us. And it becomes more powerful than the circumstances that we may be facing throughout the course of the day. When we're filled with that zeal and enthusiasm, then we move through our day flapping our wings, walking and talking and exhorting and expressing the name and the nature of the pure spirit of God. When we're filled with that presence, when we're filled with that enthusiasm, when we're filled with that zeal, great things begin to happen. Because we begin to see possibilities all around us. I always believe that, you know, when there's uh, maybe a pessimistic consciousness around us, no one here, but you probably know people like that. <laughs> you, know, you know, when we have that kind of consciousness, we cut off the possibilities that are always there for us. You know, you know, individuals will have that kind of apathetic or pessimistic consciousness. If you bring them an idea that something that will move us forward or something exciting, they will say, oh, that will never work. Please keep those people away from us. Because when we have two or more people awash with zeal and enthusiasm coming together, what they do, they dream castle. And dream castling is when we imagine and, and see ourselves doing great things in our life, despite what the appearances may be. We see great possibilities in life, and without censoring ourselves or qualifying it or doubting it, we say, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful to take that exotic trip to where we're going? Wouldn't it be wonderful to, to start that project or business that's going to help someone? Wouldn't it be wonderful to write that book that is within us waiting to come out? Now, the unzealous pessimist will say, How are you going to find time to do that? How are you going to find time to take that trip or leave your job? Where's the money going to come from? Where's the resources going to come from? Where's the time going to come from? But really, when we're enthused with the presence of God, that's not our job. And we hang out in the what? We hang out in the enthusiasm. We hang out in that octave. We hang out in that vibration. And then the heart desire will find us worthy. And we become the rich soil and witness as the universe becomes what's necessary for us to do what we are here to do. But we must allow ourselves to lift our awareness and stay there long enough without dissipating. And then watch as that grand universe that's always there for us moves us into the right place or changes the course of history for us so the entire universe becomes what is necessary for the dream that's within us to come out. And then we realize what real power is. It's a song we sung earlier. There's a line in there that said, I got the power. Do you believe that? Yes. Let's say it. I got the power. All right, now, that power doesn't come from us. It comes through us, as us. When I was in ministerial school, we had to go to uh, Silent Unity, which had the daily prayer and connection with the presence. And anytime they had a Silent Unity service, they would start out at the very beginning of the service and say these words, that is not I 
but the Christ within that does the work. It is not I, but the spirit within that does the work. Now, those who know a little bit of history about unity know that one of the ministers that came out of unity was the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. And she became a minister in, in the 50s. And, you know, because, you know, she was one of the first African-Americans to go to unity and, and, and be there. But at that time, because of the, the, the laws that were in Missouri, she was denied the right to live on the grounds, believe it or not. And she would bring her kids to what would be the, the rallies to Unity Village grounds during the summer. But some of them were not allowed to swim there. And, and Dr. Coleman faced a lot of slings and arrows and obstacles as she was navigating her purpose. But she was an unstoppable force because she was fueled by a purpose and she was filled with that zeal within her. And I remember we were on our class trip and on the end of the year, we would go, before we graduated, we'd go to a certain region of the country and visit, you know, churches in that region. And we went to the Chicago region. And when we went to her church, she wasn't officially in unity, but she would always say she was a unity minister. And she had a spectacular spot. She had like a sanctuary with 4,000 seats in it and would be filled up. And she had a restaurant and she did all kinds of things in the community. But the thing is that she would always say, no matter what was going on, she would say, I can do all things through the Christ presence that strengthens me. That was her statement. I can all things through the spirit of God that is within me. She expressed that power. Now, we all have access to that power. We all are that power. As Linda Martella Winsett notes in our text, we were created for power. It is in us to succeed. It is in us to move forward. It is in us to accomplish. And we express that power through focus and through concentration. I was reading, a, a, I think, a probably a marketing book, a guy named Don, Dan Henry. And he posed the question in one of his chapters. And he asked, what do Warren Buffett and the late Steve Jobs and the Bill Gates have in common? And his answer was, unrelenting focus and concentration. In fact, he was quoting an article that was written by, uh, written by Forbes and Jobs provided some additional context to what focus and concentration means. And he said that people think focus or concentration means saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on. But that's not it at all. It means saying no to the hundred of good ideas that you there are. And you have to pick them carefully. And he said, I'm actually proud of the things I haven't done as much as the things I have done. You know, from a spiritual perspective, if we look at this scriptural reference from Matthew, the sixth chapter, and the 22nd verse, it says, let thy eye be single so thy body shall be full of light. It's another way of describing focus. It's another way of describing concentration. But spiritually, what should we be focusing on? Linda Martet, Martella Marset talks out about in the book Divine Audacity that we're reading. She asks the question, what is the object of our focus? Regardless of what our job title may be, regardless of what we do in life, or what stage of life we happen to be in right now. 
I believe it can be found in this statement that she also quoted as well in Philippians, the fourth chapter in the eighth verse, which also happens to be one that I chose when I was a ministerial student my first year when they asked, what's my favorite scriptural reference? And for me, it's the whatevers, the whatsoevers. I call it the whatsoevers. I always thought there should be a singing group called the whatsoevers, but that's a whole nother story. But here's what it says. Whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever of good report, whatsoever of any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. When we direct our attention to these divine attributes, we shall get the whole spirit of God within us. That is the source of real power. Emily Cady in her book, Lessons in Truth, writes, God does not have power. It is power itself. This presence, this force is the power we want to put our faith in. We talked about our faith faculty, I think, a couple weeks ago. We have all the faith we're ever going to have. The question is, where are we going to put it? If we think the power is outside of that presence, then we put our faith in idols or what Linda writes, craven images. We want to put our faith in the whole spirit of God, also known as the force. I like to call it the force. And when we rely on the force, we're stepping into the mystical realm of spirituality. It's in the mystical realm where real power is. When I think of that realm, I'm reminded of the scene from one of my favorite movies, Star Wars, earlier on, the earlier movies. And there's a scene where Luke Skywalker is in a spaceship in a battle with the Death Star. And they're closing in on him. And then he hears the voice that says, use the force, Luke. See, see, they're, they're, they're understanding it right now. They're, 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 they're. So when he uses the force, he turns off his, his computer, his targeting computer. And he begins to trust his intuition. And then he successfully maneuvers his way to escape. This invisible, unseen something is not just limited to a story in Star Wars, but can be there to support us in our journey as well. Divine audacity and being the light of the world can sometimes sound unrealistic if we think that we have to do it all by ourselves. However, we don't have to do that. There are resources that we can access. Maybe we can't see it, but they're greater and more powerful than the resources that we can see. And just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. There are invisible resources ready to make a profound difference in what you and I can achieve in life. We don't achieve our dreams or our full potential through our own might, through our own power, through our own will only. We do so by taking advantage of the power that we cannot see. The challenge is that sometimes they're beyond human explanation or understanding. But this force can support us in amazing ways. And they will come to us in all kinds of ways. It might be a flash while we're sitting in the silence by ourselves. It may come to us in a dream. It may come to us while maybe while we're jogging or walking or just daydreaming or maybe working out. It may be like a mere coincidence in our own mind, but it's not just a coincidence. 
And I think one way to tease this invisible force and power into existence is to paint a vivid picture in our minds so the force knows exactly what it is that we want and what we need. And it'll show up in ways we never imagined. You know, I know sometimes, sometimes I might be working on a project. You can't really figure out how to make it all work out. But you're focusing on it. You have the energy and enthusiasm around it. You're walking down the street and you say, aren't you Reverend Trapp? I've been looking for you. Well, you wouldn't say that if you, you know, they wouldn't say that if they didn't look like me. But anyway, the whole idea, you just find exactly what you need along the way. Because when we confidently move in the direction of that picture in our mind, these unseen forces will rally to support us. And they are the most powerful factors around that which will assist us to live an audacious life. You know, as I try to summarize this week, I think to capture zeal and power that is within us, we have to first go within. We have to go within that secret place of the Most High. As the master teacher taught in Matthew, the sixth chapter, the sixth verse, pray in secret and the spirit of the living God that sees in secret will reward you by revealing the truth of your being. The truth is represented in these 12 faculties or powers that we're covering during this series. And we tap into zeal and we tap into power by going within first. That's what we call the real closet consciousness. You go within. Yes, I know over the years, a lot of people have come out of the closet. That's cool. But we want to radiate our zeal and spiritual power. To do that, we have to go in the closet. And have a one-on-one -on -one power talk with the power. And then we will touch the unchanging truth of our being. Because once that truth touches our consciousness, we are never the same. We've come out. We've been outed by the Spirit. And people see who we really are. To let those qualities of God be God in us. We must be willing to be changed. And be willing to grow. Be willing to unfold. We must be ready to come under the guidance of pure spirit. And we do it either the easy way or the hard way. But it'll happen somewhere along the line. I've just learned that sometimes pain is nothing more than the effort it takes to hold on to an old thought form. So many people say they want the presence of God. They want the benefits of these God qualities, but they refuse to transform or change to be the place for God to come through. But it takes training. So take one of the powers that we're talking about during this series. Don't try to do all of them. That'd be way too much. Sometimes just take one. Let it flood your awareness and you will awaken the diviner genes that are in you. I know we have designer genes, but we want diviner genes to be expressed through our life. And you will realize that the good news has been given. We want to zealously rejoice in that realization. The good news has happened. I mean, we don't have to put anything in us. We just need to release the things that are blocking the truth from being expressed through us. As you think about it, what can be greater than you made the image and likeness and not of God? I mean, what can be greater than that? I mean, I can't think of anything. I mean, what can be greater than your history has no power over you? 
and that you have access to the power that can make your history irrelevant. It does not matter what has happened in your life. It does not matter what you've done or what you have not done or what you have accomplished or not accomplished. This is the good news. And we begin to celebrate that with zeal. We celebrate that with gusto. And when we do, we are taking responsibility for our awareness and what's flowing through it. Then we're able to hold more power. And like a wire that can hold the intensity of much electricity, we begin to hold more and more of the inspired thought of God. Our attention becomes more focused, more appreciative of the presence of God. And then our genius capacity is increased. And you know what a genius is. A genius is just someone whose attention is not scattered by all the distractions of the day. They're focused. That's all. So we become more focused on the presence of God. Our attention can hold more energy. And we discover that much is accomplished not by doing, doing, doing. We're not caught up in the drama or the distractions of the world but be able to channel the presence of God that is moving through us or willing to move through us all of the time. So we're not wasting time on worry. We're not burning ourselves out with fear. We're staying zealously inspired by the presence of God, seeing his face everywhere. My God in which we move and live and have our being. That is the source of zeal. That's where spiritual power comes from. And with zeal and with power, we become a walking embodiment of being those individuals who carry divine audacity. And so it is. Peace and blessings to you. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center